Welcome to Buy My Telingual today. My name is Elizabeth Aitai and I'm your host. My guest today was born in 1994 in the Netherlands. After completing a business degree in Rotterdam, he now continues his studies at the Royal Academy of Fine Arts in Antwerp, Belgium. His work addresses concepts such as sense of place and ecology, often creating communities around projects for combined learning and conversation. Hi, do I have a couple of questions? Yes. Really, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, so we just start you telling me your name. My name is Neil de Vries. And where are you from and where do you reside currently? I'm from the Netherlands and I'm living in the Netherlands, in Rotterdam. What languages do you speak? I speak Dutch and I speak English. Which language do you consider your mother tongue? Dutch. Yes, that's definitely my mother tongue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At what age did you start learning your second language? I think quite early on. I was probably like somewhere 10, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah quite early. In school, but also because I used to play video games a lot. And sort of like playing online. I guess I was exposed to a lot of English. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So would you say that you first learned your second language through video and internet? Through that kind of culture or in school? What came first? I think through video, internet and movies more than in school, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was always relatively good at English, even though the other, I did a bit of French and a bit of German. I wasn't too good at that, but English was never a problem for some weird way. I think it was just the amount of media that I consumed that I just was exposed to it a lot more than German or French. Yeah. Hmm, I haven't had that yet. Curious. Hmm. <laughs> I um, didn't have friends as a kid, so I just only watch <laughs> movies and play video games. <laughs> I cut that out, don't worry. <laughs> well, you, you're quite happy today. <laughs> I think so, I pretend. <laughs> <laughs> um, which language do you feel most comfortable with? Ah, that changes a lot. At the moment it's Dutch, because the last three years I'm living in the Netherlands, so I speak a lot of Dutch, even though I'm in quite an international group. But I also spent nine months in San Francisco and I felt I didn't speak a lot of Dutch then and I felt I could express myself better in English. And apparently, according to people that I'm, I met then, I have a stronger Dutch accent in English now apparently than when I was living in San Francisco. So you have now a stronger Dutch accent? According to those people, yeah. Yeah. I just speak more Dutch, so it sort of comes naturally, I guess. It, it changes a bit. At the moment, it, I would say I'm, I can express myself the best in Dutch. But when I was living in San Francisco and didn't speak a lot of Dutch, I felt like I could express myself better in English. Yeah, I don't really know why that is. I feel like I sort of, besides like knowing the language, I also sort of started to understand their humor and their expressions and the way they sort of like spoke. And thus I felt I could express myself more in their in their terms. But yeah, now that I'm in the Netherlands and I speak English to someone, it, it's like still like sort of formal English, but I don't have this sort of slang as much anymore. Mm -hmm. What language do you use to communicate emotional states? My emotional state? You know, like anger, fear. Dutch, yeah. I'm also more, uh, I think... I have a larger vocabulary in Dutch as well, so I think I can more precisely describe or say how I feel, but if it's also just sort of an initial 
response to anger or whatever, it would definitely be Dutch. Yes. Dutch swear words come up quite quickly, even though I might be <laughs> in an English speaking country. <laughs> if I'm mad, you know, I could swear in Dutch, but in English it wouldn't feel as natural. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had it with German, but Hungarian is actually brilliant for swearing. Yeah? Yeah, it's very rich. <laughs> <laughs> but are there also, like, it's nice to, in the Netherlands, some words are also just powerful how you pronounce them. So it's nice to say it in that sort of way. And I haven't found that as much in the English language. But it that also doesn't feel powerful, you know. No. And that it, there's not, not like powerful vocals involved. It's still cunt. It's still like sort of round and yeah, soft. Yeah, very nice. And in Dutch, it's like... <laughs> like <laughs> you know like very harsh <laughs> like cranky yeah <laughs> it's kind of nice if you're angry and you want to really sort of like throw that out those words sort of feel like an embodiment of the feeling you know oh, that's that's really nice <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> perfect um what language do you dream in yeah i knew you were going to ask this um i actually to be completely honest i do not know i don't really know if i dream in a specific language I'm trying to recall a dream, but that's always like the worst thing to do. No, I, I wouldn't know. No, I don't know. Okay, that's all right. Uh, oh, so then what language do you recall memories in? That would be Dutch. Yeah. But what do you mean with recalling memories? Like when you talk to other people about your memories? Or when you, no, when when you, you reminisce yeah, sort of? Yeah, when you reminisce. When you are having internal conversations, what language do you have? Oh, internal in? conversations will surely be Dutch. But when I sort of reminisce, I think there I have a stronger visual element than a linguistic element in it. It's more like imagery than talking to myself, sort of what happened, I think. Sometimes it's weird where I'm like writing down something and I start in Dutch and then all of a sudden I switch to English quickly to like get a certain piece of information out that the English word just sort of pops up and then I switch back to Dutch, even though I was trying to write Dutch, just like sometimes little things, it's quicker to switch to English and then just continue in Dutch. And that's, I find that sometimes interesting going through my notes and then seeing a couple of English words in the rest of this Dutch text. I don't really know where that, where that's coming from. Maybe some, maybe English is efficient, more efficient in some moments. I think, I don't know. Could be. And I think it's second also the nature of being bilingual, that you have that freedom to switch you know, between, yeah. To pick. Yeah. Are there any situations or specific situations where you would pick a certain language versus the other? Yeah, I think so. Um, I guess sort of in my practice, I try to communicate a lot about it in English. And that's maybe sort of for the, uh, what is it, that I just can reach a lot more people than, than if I would do it in Dutch. I'm writing an essay now. I'm writing that in Dutch, even though I'm prob- in English, even though I'm probably... It's just only going to be read by a few people in the Netherlands, you know. If I give a small talk about exposition, I typically do it in English. Uh, I write my website in English. So I think if I try to communicate to a sort of a larger group or try to present something to a larger group and I don't know who that group is, I'll most certainly choose English over Dutch. Yes. Are there any situations where you feel frustrated with one language or the other? Nothing really comes to mind. No. Does um, do you feel the rhythm of the two languages you speak? I feel the rhythm of the languages. Ah, that's an interesting question. I guess in English more than in Dutch. I never found Dutch a beautiful language in a way. I think that might also have something to do with how Dutch people sometimes view themselves in general. 
that they're sort of a bit, how do you say that? They think relatively lowly of themselves, I think. Very modest, super modest. Maybe to the sense where they sometimes don't like value themselves as much as they should or things that they do. And that might have something to do why I think that might not be, always be so like such a beautiful sort of language or so rhythmic, I guess. If you're talking about rhythm, I feel like you're sort of almost talking about the aesthetics of a language or something, like how, how it sounds and mm-hmm. the sort of like the beautiful the beauty aspect of it. I'm not judging on beauty. Beauty is very personal. I think. But what do you refer to them? I do rhythm? refer to the rhythm. The, the just the audible rhythm. Yeah. The yeah, and how you know, I'm I know for myself, I have a different rhythm when I speak English versus when I speak German versus when I speak um, like intonation. There's a lot of intonation that comes into play. Hmm. I would say they're quite close. Yeah. In my experience on on rhythm, as you as I just understood it from you, yeah, I would say that. I would they feel quite close, yeah. Sort of like the intonation and like how the words sort of are spoken, I think, are very close. The hey, hoe gaat het met je? Heb je een leuke dag gehad? Hey, how are you doing? Did you have a nice day? I think they're quite close in 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 sort of like pronunciation, yeah. So you're actually bilingual, unilingual. Yeah, I, yeah, I I think so. I don't feel a large difference between the the languages on an emotional basis at all. For me, it's just a sort of like um, practical. It feels just like a practical difference that I can reach a larger group. But for the rest, relatively similar. Also, there's a lot of sort of yeah. I think I already said what I meant. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do you define cultural belonging? How do I define cultural belonging? Is it funny? No, I just find it is such a large question. <laughs> just such a large question that you just casually ask. It is large. Cultural belonging, man. I don't even know where to start. Cultural belonging. I'm still thinking. Please. What belongs to a culture? What mm-hmm. what makes a culture? Mm-hmm. And does it have to relate to language or not really? In a way, I feel like cultural belonging also is somewhere linked to some kind of nationalism in a way not per se bad but i feel like if i think about i don't know cultural belonging i I don't know i think of friends and i think of like their wines and their cheese and their bread and these sort of things you know like things that people are like sort of like i guess relatively simple cultural aspects you know in my friend group then they're sometimes discussing about like the best is or the best that you know and there's sort of a pride involved with it but if you look at, I don't know, other kinds of cultural... I don't know if it's... Nation yeah. is a constructed term. I was born in the Netherlands. That makes me Dutch. And of course, I speak the language and I spend most of my time living there. But And I, of course, I have a bond with the Netherlands, but it is not extremely strong. It's something that's quite malleable. And it also, to be honest, doesn't mean that much to me, you know? Um, so when I hear people talk about when they do have very strong bonds where they're from, it always makes me a bit, um, I don't know the right word for it. I get a certain sort of feeling like, oh, you, that they have a super strong bond with their the country that they're from. And I kind of relate to that in a way, maybe. Cultural belonging is then to you more in these customs. I don't really know what, what, I don't know what cultural belonging means. What do you mean with that? To culturally belong. How do you belong culturally, you know? For me... For me, it strongly goes through language. I think you can access a culture and try to belong to it if you enter it from the outside through accessing accessing the language first. Mm-hmm. And then through that, you can 
if you want, access the customs. But in a way, when you think about, when I think about culture, there's also, I also think of like music and visual arts and literacy and those things. Like literacy is, of course, literature is written in the language, but it's typically translated as well. And visual arts doesn't have any written language, nor does music. Well, I guess music does sometimes, but not everything. It's funny because I would say language, of course, if you want to get the customs of the people and how to sort of interact within their own community, then yes, I do think language is crucial. But I think you can also interact with sort of the culture that produced culture in a way, sort of a thing that a country makes. And I don't think you need that much language for it, to be honest. But yeah, I'm also quite in sort of the visual sort of box, you know, because I was thinking I don't speak any French, but I can relate to or like. I can appreciate and feel sort of if I look at a Monet painting and I, I, I studied sort of that part of art history a bit then, but then that says that tells me a lot about him and it tells me a lot about the time. And I feel like I can sort of understand a little bit of France in that time without even knowing any French, you know? So I feel like without knowing the language, there are ways to get to know some kind of culture. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Because yeah, I guess you have culture in ways people interact with each other but culture also produces something i believe right at least that's how i view it in a way a communities create culture yeah culture on how they interact but also something typically is produced in a way and this the stuff that's produced is i think you can interact with it quite easily without knowing the language mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. who's a migrant i think there is some forcefulness involved i don't know if it's Or maybe there's some hope involved and in hope for a better life somewhere else. Yeah, I think if you move with the hope of having a better life somewhere else, which I think basically everyone does, if you move countries, then I think you would be a migrant. Yeah, I think so. But in the case where you, I guess, wouldn't be a migrant is if you have sort of a... Uh, or according to my definition that I just came up with, if you have a partner that's from somewhere else and you move with them so you can be together, then you don't move to have a better life. You try to keep the same life that you have, but in another place. And I guess for authority should probably be a migrant, but I don't know if, yeah, I feel like there's, there's a difference somewhere. You don't move because you hope to make a better life for yourself somewhere else. So what would you call yourself then? If you're the partner who... You're a land mover. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. A land mover. But you would not want to be called a migrant in that case. Oh, I wouldn't care if people would call me a migrant. I guess on paper, yeah. I guess if you move your country, wouldn't you be a migrant? Is that it? If you just move the country you're born in? I don't know. I'm not yeah. trying to suggest anything to you. You know, I just want you to... Yeah, well, that's sort of where I'm Just listening, you know? Yeah. Do you consider yourself a migrant? No. Migration is... I, I think there's also a sort of um, the opposite of temporary, <laughs> you know, for in goodness per- in it. What is it? What? Impermanent? Yeah, exactly. If I do, for, if I for work move to another country for two or three years with, a, with the idea of coming back in the end, I think I wouldn't call myself a migrant. Officially, you would be a migrant worker. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess the, for the for the authorities, you would be a migrant worker. Yeah, but I think there has a. That, so I guess if I'm going along with what I'm saying, I would say there has to be that for me there would be some element of going there for a better to get a better life and a sense of 
permanence or uh, long-term sort of thing. You move there and you don't really go back to where you're from. I think you move with the plan of going somewhere else. And when I went to San Francisco, the word migrant never ever came up in my mind like, oh, this is maybe migrating. You know, if I'm thinking about the idea of moving to the US, then that would be sort of a migrant story, I think. If you don't have the the idea of coming back to the place that you came from. It's funny and then or funny and interesting. In the Netherlands, after the Second World War, we invited, just like Germany, a lot of people from Turkey, Morocco to help rebuild the country. And the idea was that they would be there temporarily and that they never went back. So they came there as a gastarbeiter, a, mm-hmm. a, a guest worker, sort of, for a, a couple of years. But they never really went back. And so they are like integrating into like Dutch society and all. So I think that's an interesting example where they probably left the country with the idea of going there for a few years to earn money and then come back, but ended up staying. So they sort of became migrants, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's the same in Germany. Yeah, in Germany, I know also did this. Yeah, it's hard to leave once you're somewhere four or five years. Yeah, yeah, you really sort of... uh, Last question. What do you think of the idea of a universal language? Hmm. Maybe quite interesting, I think. (laughs) Maybe you could speak with anyone. I still think you might be able to understand what other persons, other people are saying, but I still think you it would definitely not allow us to understand everyone. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I feel like I'm. I'm just thinking of I don't know. The language that you speak is only a relatively small part of how you are as a person and sort of what your cultural reference frame is. You know, the regime that you grew up in, sort of like how things are in your country, these sort of like form you in a way where language is only sort of an expression of that, but all these other sort of images and ideas can be, I guess they can be put into language, but if other people have not experienced similar things, you can still be just completely like on other sort of like planets, I guess. Even though you could technically explain it in words, the other person would probably not feel that. So I sort of like became an artist recently, I guess if you say it like that. A large, large group of my friends come from my sort of like high school, but also from the time when I was sort of like studying business or worked in sort of a business environment. And now that I'm in the creative field, I notice sort of a like a, an interesting gap when I'm trying to talk to them about all these creative processes and how this feels and like sort of the, the ambiguity that comes with it. And I notice at moments sort of like they of course understand the words that i'm saying but like they don't really understand the meaning there's a certain look in the face or there's like something where you're like ah that's interesting that that we we've been friends for such a long time we speak the same language we have spent a lot of time together but there are some things that you just do not understand from each other because you're in a different process and this is only a small difference but if you would be from i don't know some completely other part of the world and you could speak the same language i believe this difference would still be there in the same sense probably just only stronger you know you just this understanding is more the comprehension yeah exactly and it has to do with i think it has to do with experience as well and language is just a way of expressing those experiences but expressing experience isn't the same as actually going through it and i think a part of understanding also comes from these empirical things you know the things that we just go through so yeah but it would be super interesting to talk to everyone I don't know if you, yeah, you would talk to each other, but if you would communicate, I don't know if that would happen that much, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Neil's work, visit his website at neildevries.com. Thank you for your support so far through donations. If you want to collect my art, reach out to me. Please continue to like, share and subscribe. Until next time, be well.